everybody to this podcast series for the Angaza Awards. This series is sponsored by Kenyan Wall Street. We're talking today with Jacqueline Karasha, a 2022 top 10 woman to watch in banking and finance. Jacqueline is the head of corporate business at Sunlam Life Insurance and the co-founder of Sunlam Women Network. She also supports the Lea Madare Foundation a foundation which offers early childhood education, food and safe space to the youth living in Madare. Welcome, Jacqueline. Thank you very much, Salome. It's such a pleasure to have you join us today. Thank you. Uh, amazing. And congratulations on your Angaza Awards recognition. Thank you, Salome. It was truly an honor and, um, you know, for, for, for to be recognized. And um, it was quite um, a pleasant surprise as well. Thank yeah. you. That is fantastic. Yeah. Now, a lot yeah. of our listeners, Jacqueline, will be interested to learn or know about the global and Pan-African trends in insurance and what it takes to succeed in the insurance sector. So I'll need you to share your views and speak to some of the topics and issues of concern to our listeners at large. Now, just getting started, uh, we know that the insurance sector has come a long way and there are many economic changes that have led to different global and Pan-African trends in insurance. Now, what are some of these global and Pan-African trends in general and how are they shaping the insurance sector? Thank you once again, um, Salome, and um, you're rightfully so, you know, um, especially for the last three years since COVID-19, mm -hmm. uh, the pandemic that um, hits the, you know, the globally. And one of the things that it brought out was the reality of um, what we speak of or what we, we, we try to address in terms of insurance. Mm -hmm. And that is the unforeseen circumstances and, you know, events that you really didn't think that would happen coming to reality. And um, across the world and more so in Africa and in Kenya, we have seen um, that, you know, the impact of the pandemic really did bring to the fore uh, whether we were prepared or unprepared for unforeseen circumstances. Yeah. I mean, um, we, we saw, you know, for the first time, ever nobody would ever imagine that we would be locked indoors and there'd be no movement at all and um and you know businesses were shut down um you know children did not go to school um healthcare the healthcare system was put to the stretch and um you know healthcare professionals were really strained by the burden that uh, the pandemic brought and um overall then you know it it really did bring to for the, the, to test our systems and our structures, both from institutions, from governments, to even individuals, our capacity and our ability to withstand uh, unforeseen events. And you know, as such, it was seen. You know, there was a lot of uh, economic downturn. Uh, jobs were affected. There were you know restructuring. Businesses were just trying to keep the lights on. 
And, um, you know, those trends have come through from 2020 all to, you know, up to now, we're still seeing now, you know, that there's been a lot of focus on how do we ring fence and how do we prepare better for unforeseen circumstances. And that has brought obviously insurance to the fore and um, a lot of awareness and a lot of uh, focus on how to prepare better in future. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I was just mm -hmm. reflecting on what you have talked about uh, when it comes to preparing data for unforeseen circumstances. Have there been like technological uh, innovations or adaptation of new policies for the insurance sector as a trend that has emerged? Um, yes, uh, we can say that, um, you know, we a lot has been said about whether um, the disruption, you know, technological disruption came through COVID or the other way around. Yeah. But whichever way we look at it, I mean, uh, the pandemic really did bring to for or accelerated um, whatever efforts that had been put in terms uptake of technology within the insurance sector. Mm -hmm. um, we have indeed seen, you know, when the pandemic uh, hit and um, we realized that face-to-face -face interactions with our clients can no longer be um, possible during that time. There's a lot of focus on how to digitize processes. Insurance companies really have come to the fore in terms of adopting digital uh, technology to, to, to meet the client needs. Uh, we have seen, you know, um, a lot of innovation in terms of customer journeys, um, you know, portals, uh, apps, online, you know, online, online yeah. solutions and products. And um, that has really just really tipped off uh, the, the acceleration of uptake within the insurance sector. Do we have a way to go? I believe so. I believe we can do more. But um, I, 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 I believe that for the last two years, we have been able to make some significant strides on the same. Yeah. I, I think that's very exciting uh, how the insurance sector is trying to align to all of this. Now, when you're talking about COVID uh, and how it has impacted and brought about a major economic pitfall uh, in the insurance sector, uh, insurance is all about risk management, right? Right. So when we look at uh, the pension sector, when we look at the income annuities and the life insurance space, uh, we had COVID uh, leading to uh, mass loss of lives during that time. So were there, was there an increase in the number of people uh, taking out insurance because of that? Um, well, Salome, I, we, we did see very interesting um, turn of events. Um, and I'll just probably give both sides of the coin for our listeners mm -hmm. to really understand how, um, you know, how both were impacted. So from one end, when, of course, obviously, when businesses had to lay off people or cut costs, what we did see was um, from, the, from the layoffs, there was an increase in access of the pension funds, especially for those people who had pension schemes or pension savings in one way or another. Um, when there's, you know, job uh, jobs were laid, they were laid off from their jobs, they then we had a spike in terms of access of pension funds. Um, so there was a spike in withdrawals. And at the same time, 
we also saw some of the companies, you know, um, having to either reduce their contributions or even stop them altogether until they were able to recover in terms of the contributions to their schemes. And the, the regulators also came in with measures on how to support this. Um, there was a lot of uh, regulatory advice on how to handle uh, schemes or pension uh, clients that had for one or another were impacted in terms of their contributions. So it did have an impact in terms of the pension funds. Um, we There had to be, of course, um, preparation from, from, from pension fund managers in terms of ensuring there was liquidity in their funds to be able to support the significant withdrawals. Um, at the same time as well, um, the, the, the short-term impact was because of the economic uh, performance uh, of, you know, and a lot of pension funds uh, have been invested within um, instruments within the economy, um, specifically, for example, in Kenya, uh, you'll find that pension funds do significantly invest in either the, 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 the short, the, 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 the government bonds or, you know, the, the stock market. And this also had an impact in terms of the returns that they were able to generate. So it has been a very delicate uh, past two years for the pensions sector in particular. But the flip side of it was um, that it created a sort of awareness um, from customers on the importance of saving. Because uh, for somebody who had at least some, some savings through their pension and they, they had to either go for an early retirement or were laid off, they had some sort of buffer in terms, in, in terms of a pool that they could access to keep them going. Whilst if, if, if you hadn't thought about it before, really, and your job just comes to an end, then they were, you, you are exposed as an individual. So Salome, I think we have seen that what it has done, it has really helped create um, the reality or has brought to fore the reality that, um, you know, having a, a, a savings, um, you know, that's cushions you for that unforeseen event is critical. And as long as you are earning an income, it's important that you set aside some money for that. And um, we hope that um, even as we come together as an industry and really focus on education, because one of the things that um, really has hampered the growth of the insurance and pension sector for the longest time is the, the low awareness levels. We, we find that people really do not understand what is this that we provide. There's a lot of, um, you know, misinformation or even no information at all. And um, we're seeing a lot of providers provide providing micro pension solutions and trying to really just take it to the mass market where even if you earn as little as whatever it is you're earning, you can set aside for a daily contribution, a weekly contribution towards your retirement. And also that can help you during that for sin. Um, on the insurance side, we also did, we, we, we also saw, you know, there was the impact of, um, you know, for, 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 for especially the individual life policies. We saw that um, a lot of customers who were, who had, who were impacted directly by the economic circumstances, I mean, the first thing that then you stop contributing on is, you know, insurance premiums and whatnot. So we did see again, um, as, as an impact in terms of the of the contributions or the payments of continue, continuations of individual life policies. 
And um, again, for those that um, unfortunately who succumbed to the to the to the disease, um, again it did provide a buffer to their families. So uh, both it was a bittersweet experience in terms of. Um, for those who had insurance policies and uh, for, you know, the risk crystallized in that they, um, that they, you know, they were not able, you know, they got the COVID and um, unfortunately passed and their families have been able to uh, benefit from it. And again, it's, it's really led to a shift of, of discussion and, you know, the, how insurance is perceived because um, people have now really seen uh, the importance of of insurance, medical insurance. We saw um, some people who are asset rich but did not have any sort of medical cover, and when you really need it, um, you know, you 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 can't get a way out. So it's really brought a lot of awareness in terms of why it's important to protect uh, yourself and your loved ones um, from the unforeseen circumstances such as the pandemic. Well, thank you for sharing that information mm -hmm. with us. I, I think it's amazing that we see there are more people who are getting into uh, adopting good financial habits to save and uh, more people are realizing the importance of taking their insurance uh, for both their life uh, insurance policies and their pensions. Now, uh, mm -hmm. as you're about to close this conversation, I only have two questions left. Uh, what are what can you say are some of the unique aspects of Africa's insurance sector product innovation? And what can the world learn from it? Well, thank you. Thank you, Salome. Um, I, I will first say that Africa, I mean, I am I'm proudly African and I really am passionate about our continent because of the promise that we offer, and though we have a long way to go, if you look at the penetration levels of insurance in Africa compared to other continents or other markets, we're significantly lower. Um, outside South Africa, the average is around three to four percent penetration. Mm -hmm. And um, that said, however, um, you know one of the, just to to point out as you asked the two key things that we offer and we I see a lot of opportunity on is one we do have a very youthful population if you look at the demographics of the African continent um, we the majority of our population is between 18 to 35 years and one of the things that this then really points to is that we do have a future of um, consumers or you know consumers who we we can be able to develop solutions for that speak to their needs um, one of the things what statistics are constantly, uh, you know, spanning out is that the bulk of our population is uh, between the informal sector or what we call informal market and the mass market. And it then has brought the, the need for us as insurers to really redesign our products and our solutions from what has traditionally been for employed, um, you know, the, the formal sector and really look at how can we meet the needs of first, a very young population, uh, largely in the formal, informal and um, mass market. And um, 
and that of course brings to to you know to us that you know the ideas about flexibility and really designing products that that meet this this segment um the second characteristic and the second thing that i do see within the african space is that um they, i mean the the level of digital penetration is uh, second to none and um i believe that africa really has adopted the digital age and we are leading in that area um what are the drivers i really i think there are a lot of thoughts about what has driven that uptick but what that tells us then is that um you know for 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 us to really have that shift to innovations and digital disruption and innovation from an insurance point of view and a pensions point of view is um is really going to help us scale the market uh we have seen a lot of insure techs what basically you know insurance co uh, companies that have just come and are really trying to drive the you know the digital uh space and giving solutions that are flexible to this market and um i believe that we, our time has come as insurance companies to really rise up and speak to this to this emerging trends that we're seeing and so um i i must say that it's very promising salome i i believe that africa is really on the verge of just the next big thing around the insurance but as insurance companies we really have to come to the table and really adopt to the various uh needs the emerging needs that we're seeing in that space so i think that's a very exciting and uh, i can't wait to see africa uh, really getting into the digital space in uh, the pace that it's supposed to now just shifting gears i'd like for us to talk about you uh, you're an angaza awardee and listed among the top 10 women to watch in banking and finance congratulations again now there are women listening to this podcast who would like to know what it takes to succeed as a woman in the insurance sector so can you at least tell us a little back story of uh, how you got into insurance uh, what your secrets to success are and the lessons you've learned uh, in the insurance space as a woman Hey. <laughs> Thank you Salome and um I must say it's um it's really an honor to be recognized um I I did get into the insurance industry 15 years or so ago. I I I started off I studied actuarial science in school so ideally by the time I was graduating the main sector that needed actuarial students was the insurance sector and um I started off and I keep on telling people I really I thought that just by the virtue that I had graduated with an actuarial science degree I would get a laptop and sit in a fancy office you know with a city views but um my very first job I remember I got into work and I got a a dust coat and a mask a dust mask and I was given some very old files and I stayed in a filing room for like 3 months or so and basically went up the ladder literally from a filing room to you know back office ops to sales to where I am today and um it has been a very exciting journey for me i must say insurance is one of the very um fulfilling roles that any any person could ever have why we have this opportunity of changing lives and 
you know, changing a conversation between, um, you know, whether you will hit rock bottom or the buffer that I like to say we offer to individuals, to families, to business. It's been very fulfilling. I have seen a lot of um, good stories that I, I that make me, you know, say that indeed I'm in the right place. Um, and my journey going up the ladder, you know, in leadership has also been very interesting. Um, I, I got into a leadership roles very early. I was very young. I, by the time I was around 28, I was already, you know, head, heading a department and um, in a mid, mid to senior level role. And I had to really learn the hard way, I guess, um, what leadership entails. But I've had the pleasure and the honor of working with very good leaders and bosses who mentored me and who really held me. And um, it's for me, I say, because I got to stand on shoulders of others, I have to offer my shoulders as well to, to, to help others rise even way above where I'm at. So it's been it's been bittersweet, uh, but at the end of it, what I can say leadership has offered me is uh, an opportunity to impact the lives of people. And I keep on saying at the, at the core, my why, um, my North Star is people, whether it's the customers that I I deal with, whether it's my partners that I have to interact with on a day-to-day, -day, whether it's my team, whether it's my colleagues, whether it's my shareholders and my stakeholders, they're all people and they all have interests in which I can help them achieve their goals and their dreams. So um, that has been my core and my North Star um, in this journey. Yeah. Jacqueline, that is remarkable. It's my wish that you continue to soar to greater heights and accomplish more for women in the insurance sector. Now, as we wrap up, are there any final thoughts you'd like to share? Yes, Salome. I, as I reflect on, 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 on this journey and for any woman or any person ideally listening to me, I think one of the things that I would also love to live with them is... Um, and I keep on saying that we all have our own journeys and we all have the paths that lead us to our destiny or wherever our destination is meant to be. And a lot of the times we could, you could be there and you're doubting whether you're making progress, whether you are doing the right thing, whether you're on the right path. Um, and I, I must share just from my experience that um for, for me to actually even get myself out here for me to be seen and to be recognized, for example, by this, this award, Angaza, I really had to come out of a box. I keep on saying I, I had put myself in a box where I really didn't want to be seen or to be heard. Um, and it's out of the insecurities that a lot of us, maybe we have, um, are, we do, are we good enough? Are we doing what we're meant to be doing? Um, but it is important to always push yourself to get out of your box and whatever box that is, push yourself up. Put yourself out there and speak up, speak your truth, live your truth um, and, and really be the best that you can be. And don't let your insecurities or your fears hold you back. You really do have something that you can offer to this world and to the society. 
Thank you so much for your insight and words of advice. I think this is something that the youth at large need to hear, to be confident and believe in themselves. And if they have a talent or a skill that they can put out to the world, then they should do that because uh, we have the, the world giving them a platform to do exactly that. My guest has been Jacqueline Karasha, Head of Corporate Business at Tanlam Life Insurance. She has talked to us about the global and pan-African trends in insurance and what it takes to succeed in, in the insurance sector. My name is Salome Mboya with Kenya Wall Street. Have a good day.